This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Tonight, a lot of news out of President Biden's first press conference in months. From combating COVID to fighting a new Cold War with Russia, we have all the details. The breaking news after President Biden took reporters' questions for nearly two hours. How he plans to break up his signature piece of legislation, the Build Back Better plan, and his message to America about the pandemic. I'm not going to give up and accept things as they are now. Some people may call what's happening now a new normal. I call it a job not yet finished. Plus, his bold Putin prediction. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. What the president says will happen if Russia invades Ukraine. Hospitals on the brink. The Omicron surge is overwhelming healthcare facilities nationwide. Plus, the big announcement from Starbucks about its vaccine mandate for employees. Trump business fraud, the new details from the New York Attorney General about the family business. Stabbing suspect arrested after a week-long manhunt. The man accused of murdering a UCLA grad student is in police custody. Tonight, the dramatic jump in homicides nationwide. And honoring a trailblazer, the tribute to the NHL's first black hockey player who continues to make a difference in his community. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with President Biden marking his first year in office with a news conference as his administration faces a growing list of challenges and setbacks. Well, just today, Senate Democrats are expected to fail in their latest effort to overhaul the nation's voting laws, while the president's Build Back Better package remains stalled. January has been an especially difficult month with the Supreme Court blocking the president's vaccine mandate and the growing tension at the Russia-Ukraine border. Well, the president addressed the growing threat from COVID and the fast-spreading Omicron variant by assuring Americans that the country would not be returning to lockdowns or the closing of schools. He encouraged states and school districts across the country to use the funding to keep schools open. And addressing Russia, the president warned that it would be, quote, a disaster for Russia and they would pay a stiff price if they were to invade Ukraine. CBS's Nancy Cordes had a front row seat and joins us from the White House. Good evening, Nancy. It feels like a lot of news was made in that very long press conference. And there's a reason for that, Nora. It's because he took questions for nearly one hour and 45 minutes, weighing in on everything from voting rights to climate change to Nielsen ratings. He said that when it comes to COVID testing, his team could have moved faster. And he said he may now have to break some of his biggest priorities into smaller chunks if he's to have any hope of getting them passed. I did not anticipate that there'd be such a stalwart effort to make sure that the most important thing was that President Biden didn't get anything done. Think about this. What are Republicans for? President Biden argued he's had a successful year one in the face of approval ratings that have fallen 17 points. This afternoon, the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said that the midterm elections are going to be a report card on your progress on inflation, border security, and standing up to Russia. Do you think that that's a fair way to look at it? And if so, how do you think that report card looks right now? I think report cards could look pretty good if that's where we're at. But look, the idea that uh, Mitch has been very clear, <laughs> he's do anything prevent Biden from being a success. With his massive social spending plan stalled in Congress and voting reform expected to fail, Mr. Biden argued it's former President Trump's influence that has prevented him from working more with Republicans. Did you ever think that one man out of office could intimidate an entire party? I've had five Republican senators talk to me bump into me, quote unquote, or sit with me, who've told me that they agree with whatever I'm talking about for them to do. But Joe, if I do it, I'm going to defeat it in a primary. We've got to break that. It's got to change. Polls also show declining support for the president's handling of the pandemic, something he acknowledged. I know there's a lot of frustration and fatigue in this country. The administration has been heavily criticized for mixed messaging on mask wearing, announcing today they'll send 400 million N95 masks to Americans for free starting next week. The lack of available testing has also been an issue. Should we have done more testing earlier? Yes, but we're doing more now. And Nancy's back with us. I know you asked the president about the path forward on voting rights now that that bill is stalled in the Senate. What did he tell you? 
Nora, he said that it will involve executive action, but that he didn't want to reveal his strategy right now. Interestingly, he was also asked about frustration in the black community, a feeling that he should have done more and should have done it sooner. He said that it's a problem of my own making. I should have been out there communicating more. Nancy Cordes with all that news. Thank you. Some other big news out of the press conference is what President Biden said about Russia invading Ukraine and the consequences that will follow. It comes as the president's secretary of state is in the former Soviet Republic and will soon meet with his Russian counterpart in Geneva. We get the latest on the rising tensions from CBS's Margaret Brennan. With Russian troops now in Belarus for war games, U.S. officials are increasingly concerned that Ukraine's neighbor may help Vladimir Putin attack. My guess is he will move in. President Biden said today he expects Putin to defy him, but at great cost. So this is not all just a cakewalk for Russia. Militarily, they have overwhelming superiority, but they'll pay a stiff price immediately near-term, medium-term, and long-term if they do it. Ukraine now says there are 127,000 Russian troops encircling it, giving Putin the option of invading from the north, from the east, where his forces have been positioned since November, and from Crimea in the south. We know that there are plans in place to increase that force. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Kyiv today warned Russia could take imminent action. That gives uh, President Putin the capacity uh, also on very short notice uh, to take further aggressive action uh, against Ukraine. And new concern among U.S. officials tonight that Russia might put nuclear weapons next door in Belarus. While providing future aid to Ukraine gets bipartisan support, Republican lawmakers urge swift action now. Sanctions and actions need to happen now. Arkansas Republican Tom Cotton said the Russian president sees an opening. Vladimir Putin saw Joe Biden's incompetence in Afghanistan last August, and he's concluded that the time is ripe to achieve this long-held goal. Well, let's bring in our chief foreign affairs correspondent, Margaret Brennan. So, Margaret, the president spoke about consequences for Russia, but then he said it's one thing if it's a minor incursion. What did that mean? Nora, Russia's going to pounce on that phrase during diplomatic talks, which are set to begin Friday, because this could be interpreted as minimizing the type of attack or putting limits on what the U.S. may do. The president seemed to be trying to say that the U.S. will alter its response depending on the scale and the scope of Russian aggression, which could be a cyber attack or seizing territory or an invasion. And, and Margaret, what do we know about agreement or disagreement among NATO allies about such an incursion by Russia? Well, that's key, and the president acknowledged cracks within the alliance. He said he may not get total unity on how to punish Putin, which may also give up U.S. leverage. Russia, Nora, they have some power over Western allies who want to keep Russian dollars and gasoline flowing to Europe. There'll be so much to watch this week and next. Margaret Brennan, thank you. Well, tonight, a COVID vaccine reversal from Starbucks. The coffee giant won't require its 350,000 workers to be vaccinated after a Supreme Court ruling said large businesses don't need to. It is a contentious issue, especially in places where COVID cases are skyrocketing. CBS's Carter Evans reports from Missouri, a state with one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country.
Can you open your eyes for me? At St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City, Dr. Andrew Schlachter has been on the COVID front lines from the start. Is this busier than the beginning of the pandemic? Most certainly. COVID has completely fractured our lives, our personal and our professional lives. Our ICUs are jam-packed. The healthcare system, I think, in general, is bedlam. Since early December, cases here have nearly tripled. Out of 286 COVID patients, just 15 are vaccinated. Pamela Maples is not one of them. It's not something I would wish on anybody. She was infected just after Christmas. It sounds like you were scared to take the vaccine. Yeah, I was. Uh, they, everyone kept telling me not to. What do you want those people to know now? Take the vaccine. It's very, very important. Only 53% of the population here is vaccinated, and statewide hospitalizations are at an all-time high. Do you blame the low vaccination rates for all of these full rooms? Yes. Nurse Kristen Soller said she's seen so much heartbreak, and she's had enough. It's devastating for us, and we're carrying it home with us, and we're sitting in our nursing station talking about how we're all going to need therapy for the next decade to handle this, and it didn't have to be like this. Pam. Moments after we left Pamela's room, Dr. Schlachter went back with a message. Your willingness to talk today is going to save people's lives. Thank God, yes. Now, despite the massive surge in COVID cases here, Missouri's governor declared the pandemic emergency over three weeks ago. Now, that emergency order gave hospitals flexibility to move staff around and add beds. And without it, they say they're struggling to keep up with the rising number of patients. Nora. I pray that people are watching and listening. Carter Evans, thank you. Well, for the first time, we're getting details in what New York Attorney General Letitia James says is significant evidence of fraud committed by the Trump Organization, outlining that it inflated the values of six Trump properties, including his golf courses. The new information comes from a court filing by the Attorney General in an effort to force former President Donald Trump and his two eldest children to testify under oath as part of the civil probe. CBS's Catherine Herridge reports. New York Attorney General Letitia James alleges the Trump Organization repeatedly engaged in fraudulent and misleading practices to secure loans, tax benefits, and insurance coverage. James alleges Ivanka Trump had the option to buy a luxury Park Avenue apartment valued at over $20 million for just $8.5 million, less than half the price. The Trump Organization is also accused of inflating prices, including tripling the actual size of Mr. Trump's penthouse from nearly 11,000 to 30,000 square feet, which added about $200 million to the valuation. I love loans. I love other people's money. Today, Trump's attorney told CBS News the investigation is purely for political reasons and a trap intended to pave the way for possible criminal charges. And new legal pressure from the House committee investigating January 6th, now targeting his close legal associates. I know crimes. I can smell them. Investigators want documents and testimony from Rudy Giuliani and other lawyers who appeared at this memorable news conference days after the election. We cannot allow these crooks, because that's what they are, to steal an election from the American people. They elected Donald Trump. In response to reports, congressional investigators may have obtained phone records of Eric Trump and his brother's fiancée, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Eric Trump tweeted, the witch hunt continues. I have absolutely nothing to hide. 
And Catherine Harrod joins us now from Capitol Hill. And so, Catherine, I understand there's some breaking news right now from the Supreme Court about former President Trump. What can you tell us? Well, Nora, late today, an order from the Supreme Court means Trump has failed to block the release of his White House records from the Congressional Committee investigating January 6th. We're talking about 800 pages, phone records, visitor logs that capture the communications and the meetings leading up to and on January 6th. Nora? That's some big news. Catherine Herridge, thanks. Well, tonight, nearly 50 million people in the East are bracing for another blast of snow and ice that could make a mess of the Thursday morning commute. Up to three inches of snow could fall from Washington, D.C. to Boston. The storm will usher in bone-chilling temperatures. On Friday morning, it will feel like single digits in Richmond, Virginia, Philadelphia, and New York City. All right, the man suspected in the fatal stabbing of a UCLA graduate student is now in police custody after a week-long manhunt. And it comes as the murder rate is spiking nationwide. CBS's Lilia Luciano reports. He's going in the car. The arrest comes just 24 hours after police released this surveillance video of the suspect, Sean Laval Smith, who they believe is responsible for the death of Brianna Kupfer. The 24-year-old was alone at work in a Los Angeles furniture store when Smith allegedly entered and stabbed her multiple times. Minutes earlier, she texted a friend saying someone at the store gave her a bad vibe. Kupfer's father condemned the seemingly random attack. I would love to tell you that there's going to be a point where we're going to be better, but I feel like it's just going to be a big missing piece. We will get him prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Homicides in Los Angeles jumped nearly 12% in 2021. Nationwide, there was a 20% increase in violent crime from 2019 to 2020. There's a place. In Times Square last night, hundreds gathered to mourn another violent death, the murder of Michelle Goh. We have a right to feel safe in our streets and in our subways. The 40-year-old was killed when a suspect who police say suffered from mental illness pushed her in front of an oncoming subway train Saturday morning. Not all individuals who are struggling with mental illness are dangerous, but let's be honest, some are. And it's time to say enough. Back here in L.A., this crime scene is now a makeshift memorial for the UCLA student. And just to give you an idea of the impact this crime has had between police and the community, they raised a quarter million dollars for any information leading to Smith's arrest. Nora. Lilia Luciano, thank you. Verizon and AT&T began their limited rollout of 5G cell phone service today. The high-speed service is not being used near major airports over concerns that it could interfere with airplane instruments. Some international flights were canceled today over those concerns. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. 
Tonight, some sad news. At least two Marines are dead after a military truck from Camp Lejeune rolled over on its side in Jacksonville, North Carolina. An official says the truck carrying 19 service members was going, quote, a little too fast as the driver tried to make a turn. In addition to the Marines who were killed, two others were flown to hospitals. All right, tonight, many in the fashion world are mourning the death of world-renowned editor, author, and creative director Andre Leon Talley. Talley wrote for numerous publications before becoming the editor-at-large of what's regarded as the fashion bible, Vogue magazine. Vogue editor-in-chief Anna Wintour remembered him today as a friend and called his loss immeasurable. And fashion designer Dion von Furstenberg said today, no one saw the world in a more elegant way than he did. Andre Leon Talley was 73 years old. Willie O'Ree was called the Jackie Robinson of hockey when he broke the NHL's color barrier in 1958. Last night, the Boston Bruins paid tribute with the highest honor a team can give an athlete. They retired his number. CBS's Major Garrett reports in our ongoing series, Unifying America. And Boston with O'Ree down the ice. When Willie O'Ree became the first black player in the NHL in 1958, he achieved a lifelong dream, making it to the pinnacle of his sport. After the game, I didn't recognize that I, I had broke the color barrier until I read it in the paper the, the next day. <laughs> well, replayed 45 games across two NHL seasons, encountering discrimination and hard knocks along the way. I heard the racial remarks and um, racial slurs, and I fought a lot. You know, I fought because I had to, not because I wanted to. Last night in Boston, the Bruins retired O'Ree's number, 22. And today, O'Ree watched as the House unanimously voted to award him the Congressional Gold Medal, its highest civilian honor. O'Ree flourished in minor league hockey, winning two scoring titles over a more than 20-year career. Amazingly, he did it all blind in his right eye, the result of an on-ice accident before he turned pro. I lost 97% vision in my right eye. O'Ree said he learned to compensate and ignored his limited vision, just as he ignored the racial taunts. You know, I was just another hockey player. Not just another player. O'Ree has spent the last 25 years bringing hockey to children in communities of color. You can be the first uh, in, in anything. But you have to believe in yourself and you have to set goals for yourself. Major Garrett, CBS News, Washington. And paying it forward. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, the latest in our series, Eye on America. After lockdowns and remote learning, a program looks to help the emotional well-being of America's youth through the great outdoors. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. Okay. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed 
or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.